0: This is Brian Bailey from Charlottesville, Virginia, and I'm joined with Mark Sweeney from Windermere, Florida. We are your guides to this episode of In the Hunt. We are going to bring clarity to this complex game of golf and help you reach your next level of performance. So if you're ready to step up your game, join us on The Hunt. Hey there, everyone. This is Brian Bailey here in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, with this episode of In the Hunt. Uh, Joined with me, as always, my counterpart uh, down in Windermere, Florida, uh, Mark Sweeney. How are you today? I'm
1: doing just fine. Getting ready for a good conversation.
0: Uh, Anything exciting going on in your world?
1: Uh, Well, college golf started to kick back up. That's exciting. You know, after being off all all spring and all summer. So, seeing a lot of teams back in there and seeing loads of players starting to do qualifying and, and start working on their game. So, that's fun.
0: Definitely t- loads of rounds going in. My phone the other night, I think it was about 225 text messages Oof. of inner grounds. Uh, my wife's looking at me like, You're popular. I was like, No, nah, they're just golf like, You rounds. got a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> you got lots of, yeah, lots of girlfriends. No, there's lots of golf rounds. Uh, but I think this episode's kind of cool. Uh, we're actually going to uh, talk with a touring professional that is just won up in Canada, uh, Albert Pistorius. Uh, he is uh, uh, a member of Gameforge. Mark and I spoke with him. A few months back, just trying to help him get to his goal, what his next level looks like. So, Albert, jump on in here and kind of give us a, a little uh, rundown on who you are, and then we'll get this thing kicked off.
2: Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, like, thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, it's just awesome chatting about these things. Um, I was born in South Africa. I My first love was tennis. I played tennis from the age of 6 to 17. Um, and then 17, I picked up golf. I was uh, living right across the golf course. And as I was playing tennis, I always see the golf course and I was just had at this attraction. And uh, when I finally had the opportunity, I just uh, started playing golf and was kind of like self-taught. Uh, went to college and then uh, things got a little wacky. They completely changed my swing. And then it was like <laughs> reconstruction for about like five, six years. Um, got to play for my national team, South Africa, and then, uh, turned pro played professional golf on the sunshine tour, a couple of European tour events for seven years. And then, um, basically stopped playing professional golf and then, uh, moved to Canada, uh, was, was teaching at, uh, a private golf club, uh, Pinebrook golf and country club. Never thought I would play professional golf again. And, um, yeah, I was teaching one of the members over there and he heard a little bit about my story. So, uh, he asked me if I wanted to go play professional golf again and, uh, I said an absolute yes. And, mm. uh, yeah, it's been back a year and a half since my, uh, seven year layoff. And, uh, wow. yeah, things, things that's a long, the,
1: that's a long time off from pro I golf. Know.
2: Right? I know. Yeah. I wasn't going to go play golf. Uh, ever again, I was, I was, I was done, and then I just had this opportunity because um, I never really had financial backing, and that can just uh, be such a strain on uh, yeah. you just focusing on golf.
1: Yeah. Well, I first became familiar with your name because you know we get text messages every time somebody puts a round in, and I'm seeing these low, low, low <laughs> rounds come in from this guy, Albert. And I'm like, man, is he actually shooting like seven, eight, nine under, like every time out? Or am I, or is he making a data entry error? Or like what's, and I actually, (laughs) Brian, I'm like, are you seeing these rounds coming? He's like, oh yeah. Yeah, We're like, who is this guy? Yeah. He's like, no, that's the real deal. He's actually shooting those scores. So I remember, I remember it was a, it really stood out to me because it was, they were so low. Um, Were you shooting those kind of scores prior to coming back into pro golf? Like when you were, you know, uh, teaching Were you going out and playing and shooting 63, every time you went out or, you know, you know or did that change of, afterwards.
2: Yeah, it's, um, I think I've learned a lot and, um, I can help myself a lot quicker on the golf course too. So, uh, it definitely has started like after, um, after I've been teaching and knowing a little bit more. So I definitely think that, uh, information is key and that's why I'm so information hungry all the time. Um, like that's how I got to do with you guys. Like I like why why is this working? Why is this not working? Where can I pick up shots? And um, yeah, but the one thing that really improved was my uh, uh, was my putting. Um, mm. I've always been on the tour, like Sunshine Tour. I've been always in the top five ball strikers, but I was kind of like second last in uh, in all my putting stats. So, um, yeah, I, that, that definitely changed. Um, I started working with, uh, Jeff Mangum a couple of years ago or like read some of his stuff and, um, it definitely, it definitely helped just understanding like, you know, how things work. Yeah,
0: yeah cool. Uh, nice. And I, I want to kind of hit back at, you know, I got all these questions, but your opening dialogue, going to college, um, uh, being kind of self-trained, um, and then going to college and then getting in front of some coaches and then them reworking what they thought was better. Um, kind of in retrospect, was that a positive thing for you? Or was that something that, uh, you would have definitely, your, your older self would look back and say, run away from that situation.
2: You know what? It's a little <laughs> bit of both uh, Brian, like I'm, I'm happy that it happened so that I can, you know, have, uh, uh, it helped me to ask a lot more questions. Why? Why do certain things work the way they work? Um, I would run away just because, um, you know, what it was totally opposite of what my body was trying to do. And uh, mm-hmm. you just have this thing, you listen to the coach and you just do exactly what he says. But, you know, even if you feel uncomfortable, um, you know, certain changes is going to feel uncomfortable. But I think, um when you make the right changes your body will agree with that change so I'm very right. body aware so
1: so That's what did awesome. you end up doing did you end up sticking with the changes or did you end up just modifying into a new swing or did you go back to what you used to do
2: i actually just uh, stopped and then uh, you know trying to like just go back to something normal but i mean mm. i i couldn't really like even like that was hard for me to to even find that um and luckily, I met a guy named uh, EA Tischler when I did yeah, my. No,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And that's when things really started to click. It's like, okay, this is what my body wants to do. And that's it, it's almost, it gives you permission of what you always wanted to do um, to do it. And uh, yeah, things just started slowing from there. Cool, cool. I think that's awesome.
0: And uh, we, we joke around with like Uncle Brian and Uncle Mark when we're kind of giving advice out there to aspiring. To juniors and collegians i think you just gave the the uncle albert right there nailed it you've got to understand going into any coaching situation you're in control of what you are and what you do be careful and like you said make sure you ask that why question that's that that will re, redesign the world for you if you ask why why am i making these changes and why is this going to help me and it, if the player does that more it challenges the coach and the coach is engaged and i think it's a positive so i, I love that great advice there
1: yeah yeah the the other the other thing going back to that and I guess we don't know what your numbers were kind of before college uh or maybe you have an idea you know a lot of coaches will go and say well I I don't love your swing we're going to change it but if somebody's hitting you know the ball like you are and you're in positions numbers we'll go over some of your game forge numbers here they are off the charts good and so the question is you know were they pretty good before that or did you have a deficiency in ball striking or was it just they didn't like the way your swing looked
2: um, I think they just didn't like the way my swing looked, you know, I think it was in that era, like, uh, era when uh, tiger was kind of like the model and, uh, everybody wanted to swing like tiger. And I went from a little bit like a flatter back swing to like way up when I saw m- <laughs> the end of my first year, I was like way up steep, everything changed. Right. Like no. I couldn't hit my draw anymore. It was just, um, but you had yeah, a big old cut. Just- <laughs> oh man. If it was just only a <laughs> cut.
0: Ole! <laughs> oh, oh
2: man, I think that's why we had so many earthquakes in that time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, uh, you know, your, our our model here is, and, and we went through this um, with you when we were on the, a call before. Is you know uh, we don't like to change anything unless it needs to be changed. You know, if somebody's performing at or above the level they need to be at, we don't see any reason to, to mess with that. You know, and then you know if your putting is lacking, yeah, go after putting. If your ball striking is outstanding, don't touch it, right, or maintain it. Minimum, maintain it. I mean, that's kind of our coaching model, which I I don't think is a very um, common one, frankly. I mean, some really good, some good coaches will say, "Well, let me understand your performance first, and then we'll talk about your mechanics." But a lot of coaches just go straight for mechanics, having no idea what the player's performance is.
2: Oh, I absolutely agree with you, Dave Mark. I that is that is so. Yeah, that's so true. You, uh, well, you got to yeah. take it from that angle.
0: I think a lot of it is that also they, they need to provide, uh, you know, uh, a newer coach or maybe one that's not established enough need to provide value to a lesson. Like I instead of me looking at Albert and go, it looks great. Let's just, let's just work on some performance drills. A lot of players and a lot of coaches don't think that's actually a good day of training, a good session. I need to provide something new to you to to set myself apart so, again, it's understanding that performance versus, what you know, again, what the player needs and what you as a coach want a lot of times don't maybe mesh. And, again, you always got to fall back to well, what can I do to make the player better. Mm-hmm. So, so I,
1: um, Brian, you want to dive in to just give some ideas here about uh, how well Albert hits the ball? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, no. Um, you want to go ahead and call? You, you want me to call? Yeah, this?
1: no, I've got it here, uh, assuming yeah, you're you okay with that, Albert yeah so so, uh greens averages 15 greens around um top 10 top 10 the world averages about 13 he's averaging 15 greens around pretty much all of them are inside 40 feet we i've never seen that before you're you know like i you know there's always a couple that are outside 40 feet and your average like none of them are outside 40 feet and then 10 are inside 20 feet um, what we call in position and then of those four inside exactly. eight feet. So uh, there, I mean, it's, it's probably the best ball striking numbers I think I've ever seen on here. Um, as far as approach shots, it's just, it's just ridiculously
0: accurate.
2: Mm-hmm. You so, want to say so something? You, there, bro?
0: Yeah. So give us a little insight, especially, you know, kind of in training and, and kind of how you, you know, to hit those numbers and maintain those numbers. What are you kind of doing inside of training that, uh, allows that to
2: happen? Okay, just to go back there quickly. Was that was those numbers in um in uh just normal rounds or is that actual Those are those
1: right? are those are tournament rounds for your last 3 months.
2: Oh, okay. So
1: That's those are only exactly tournament bad. rounds and those are um last 3 months of tournament rounds, yeah.
2: I, I was actually going to talk to you guys, I needed to hit it more inside 8 feet because then the game becomes a lot easier.
1: Uh well, <laughs> as of right now you don't. <laughs> 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 as of right now. We will
2: save you a phone call. We'll yeah As, of, call as anyway. of right now,
1: you're doing a good job. You know, we could go all while while you while y'all talk, I'll go look at your trends for your blackjacks and see what the trends look like. But they're um Yeah, so you're averaging well, you were averaging three and a half before that, and your last tournament um or this last month you averaged six. For the month of September you averaged six, apparently. So, wow. Too good of it. um, so you did, so if you wanted to hit more inside eight feet, you, you did it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, actually, well, so my question for that is, is where do you get your, where do you get your additional blackjacks? I mean, I know you, you appear to get, um, quite a bit on par fives, but where, how, what is your strategy for getting more of those eight foot in stuffed birdie shots?
2: Um, so yeah, I would actually like to see, to go into those stats a little bit deeper and see like, where am I actually doing it? Is it a little bit more on par fours that I'm doing it? Or is it actually on par threes? Um, I don't know. Uh, but I think, uh, I think a very important thing is, uh, the wedge game. Um, when you get those par fours, right, then you have your, say your 70 yards to 120 yards just to... To really dial in on those ones and uh, give yourself a good chance. I just think if you're a professional golfer, you you go for the pin on those ones, right? There's no no right. backing. Up. I just think professional golf has developed so far that if you're gonna try and play those ones like so safe, then uh, you're gonna. I think you're gonna miss out on more opportunities than not.
1: Yeah, we would we would agree with you, Brian. I'm sure you have something to say about that.
0: Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, because we always talk offensive defense and what it takes to win. you got to make a bunch of birdies. I think uh, a lot of people coming up are as much – they play a much more conservative route. Um, They've been taught uh, from different systems and coaches that I need to hit to a favorite shot or whatever. But, again, pushing, you know, what the tour does really, really well, and I'm talking PGA Tour all the way through Latin American Tour on the women's side is just pushing that ball up getting to an advantage of shorter shots in and then just taking dead aim i think it's just Mm -hmm. fascinating again the mindset of what it takes to win and be a true professional golfer is a completely different mindset than anything that an amateur at a club or even a lot of aspiring collegiate really truly understand yet um so kind of I, i think what's exciting is your numbers are so good you took a you took a you know a a holiday of seven years in between playing professionally uh, so think about seven years ago how you trained and what you thought was important and did you train to learn or did you train to earn money i think that's a big separator and then now that you've had this holiday now you've come back are you training the same and is that mindset the same are you training to learn or are you training thinking paycheck only kind of that attitude so uh, i'd love to hear your thoughts on that
2: i just think training to learn will take care of the training to earn um, you know, so uh, for me, like having a lot more um, knowledge about the game versus seven years ago. Uh, seven years ago, I would go to the range and I would, you know, you would just beat balls because you want to beat balls. Uh, now, uh, it has definitely changed um, uh, with you guys too, like just giving me a little bit more direction of every day, like, you know, this is what your practice is going to look like, and you can plan it. And then not only do you have that direction, but you also have your have your goals. And uh, yeah, it's just opened up a new world to me. And I know it's still early, so I'm I'm looking for like kind of like huge improvements in the next year or two just by doing that um, to really tap into my true potential.
0: And, and I, I and you talking about huge improvements, I love that. And I know professionally you were kind of going on a roll before we started recording I had to put the brakes on you a huge improvement professionally is that I can find a shot you know what yes. is a shot worth and, and you were starting on that so I'm, I'm giving you open reign now to, to, okay. to tear into that
2: yeah so um, first of all when I got back into like professional golf over here and in the states uh, I definitely had to make a a mind change that you know, back in South Africa, when I would shoot a 68, you would kind of like feel good about yourself. And that was an awesome round. And you won't take too many chances. You kind of like play everything safe. Now, when I played like my first couple of rounds over here, I'm like looking at these guys and they're going for, you know, all these uh, immaculate shots. And I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta change my mindset. I gotta change my game plans, um, all of that. And, um I got onto the Mackenzie tour and then I saw the same thing and then I started like missing cuts. I, I think I missed five out of 11 cuts or I don't know, I, I gotta go have a look at those ones. But I know not one of them was more than one or two shots. Um, I missed out uh, my second stage going ferry by one shot. Um, right now this series that we've just done in, in Canada for over four events basically leaded up to... I finished second on the order of merit with one shot. If I played one shot better, I would have won the order of merit. I would have gotten an invite into the Canadian Open and all those things. so you you take all those many rounds, all those many shots, and it comes down to one shot. and when when you say it, you say it best, Brian, when I'm talking about huge improvements, I'm looking for that one shot, even half a shot, right? And that will be a huge improvement. That's how tight the game is.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think people understand at the at the amateur college level. First of all, you know you can shoot par all day and be a top ten college player. Uh, you can't survive on pro tour shooting par all day. But the difference on PJ tour between you know making you know keeping your card and being top ten in the world is one shot. You know, top 10 in the world's average two, two and a half under par, and the average on tour is about one and a half under par. And it's it's just a shot, and it's hard to find it all in one place. You know, it's usually, it's hard to say, well, if I only three putted better, that's a whole shot. It's usually a quarter of a shot here, a half a shot there, a quarter of a shot there. Um, for you, it's again, for you, it's not ball striking because you, you hit the ball better than anybody I've ever seen in the system. Um, wh- how do you piece together that one shot, or what's what's your your strategy right now?
2: Guys, yeah, like, uh, that's, uh, I think that's where you guys come in uh, with Game Forge. That's uh, really going in like, really deep into, into all my stats and analysis. And uh, so I'm counting on you guys to give me that one shot.
0: Cool, And if you're <laughs> not, No pressure there. No.
2: Good answer. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think I work best, uh, Mark, Brian, when, um, when I have that direction it's almost like in a like a weekly checkup where hey have you done your have you done your homework as silly as this might seem right it just feels like there's uh, there's people supporting me and people um you know having me accountable um i do i do well over that so um yeah i just i look forward to like this relationship where you guys can just guide me into the right direction and uh, i mean you guys deal with this stuff every day And it just becomes so important, like to everybody out there. Um, I mean, these guys can really help you. I mean, you know, we had it in our previous one. We had a chat about like going for par fives. And I mean, right now, if I think like you guys said, like if you can get within forty yards, go for it. And uh, that has helped me tremendous. Just that one thing. And already there, I think I've gained.
1: Well, I'm looking at your, your, your numbers right now, your go for it. You basically go for it pretty much every par five, right? I mean, your, your default mode is go, uh, your average go for it's are 4.2. So it's not just par fives, but the short par par fours also. Um, (laughs) And your par five scoring is a shot and a half under par, which is, which is top 10 in the world. They do about a shot and a half. Um, The best, the best, best, best are probably two under par, um, but that's an improvement uh, that has to be an improvement from what it was before um, you did that. I don't, I can't, I'll have to go back and see what you did before. Um, but that's the only way you get, you really maximize your short
0: holes and your, in your par fives. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think, I think also it's kind of fascinating. If we go back to kind of when you first entered in, you played tennis all the way up till 16 at 17, you you hit golf. So, you said you were enamored by it, but what what did tennis teach you? Huh? I'm a big supporter of playing tons of sports and kinda as you get older and older start kind of nailing down where you wanna be. So what did what did all that in tennis teach you about that was beneficial in the golf?
2: Brian, yeah, like I think that set up the whole foundation of um of like, I mean, we did a lot of like sport agility and quickness, like all those drills that you have to do to be an athlete. And um, like even today I can see like, I'm almost 40 years old, but I can still compete with a guy that's 17 years old. I hit them just as far or even further. And I've always tried to just maintain um, what I've learned from tennis and hand eye coordination I always felt like when I played a little bit of tennis, even like when I was a professional player, uh, golfer, I like to play tennis. It just, it gives me the feel in my hands. It, uh, it makes me quicker. Um, my reactions are faster. So there's just so many good things that came from tennis. I don't think I could have done it without being a tennis player. So yes, I might've started a little late in life with golf, but, um, i think it has just put in a foundation that a lot of guys are looking for right now and just can't can't find that so just being being an athlete has helped me tremendous
1: yeah i'm i'm always surprised by how many golfers don't do any other sports at all and i've had lots of juniors and 17 is late to be picking up golf like it's really late um so that's really impressive but I've had, I've had a number of juniors before who don't play any other sports and you ask them to throw you the golf ball and th- they don't know how. They don't know how to like take their arm back and make a throwing motion. Um, that always really kind of blew my mind. Or do a push-up. <laughs> or do uh, push ups yeah. <laughs> I've met a few that can't do, push-ups, like, can't we do had, push-ups. We had
2: plenty of those. My um, Talking about push-ups, my, uh, my dad was always so hard on us with, uh, with push-ups. Uh, we couldn't go to bed if we didn't do our 100 push-ups a day. Oh, and, it's uh, like uh,
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't have breakfast until he did 100 push-ups.
2: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, just, uh, I just sometimes remember like going back to sleep at a friend's house or whatever, and then I would wake up, and I haven't done my push-ups. I would actually get off the bed and do my 100 push-ups. <laughs> that was just such a religious thing. Um, wow. I got so good at it that I did 70 push-ups in a minute.
1: That's how quick it was. Whoa. Wow. That's yeah. pretty good.
2: Done stuff. So.
1: Those fat guys just can't
2: throw that in there.
0: there. <laughs> yes, yeah, so those fat guys wouldn't pull that one off at all. <laughs> but I
1: definitely can't pull that one off.
0: <laughs> um, and, and, again, I think uh, there's a lot of really neat stuff about you, Albert, because, again, I went back and looked at 2019, the McKinsey Tour, and I think you had one top ten, and then you had a bunch of just all over the place. And that, you, know, you yeah. went from that to second in the order of merit by one shot. What do you think the biggest change from last season to this season uh, and, and kind of how, how you got to that position?
2: Guys, I just I think it's uh, just tightening up uh, a lot of stuff, um, understanding um, like my swing a lot more. I know it's um, when things go wrong, I fix it a lot quicker than, you know, instead of like searching, okay, what's really going on? Um, so those are definitely the things that I feel that has helped me, um, regain, um, how can, I say this, just regain that form a lot quicker. So those are the things that helped me. Now, yeah. And, uh,
0: yeah. Good mark.
1: Well, I get, I get this question a lot, um, from juniors and college players is what percentage of your time is full swing versus short game and putting? If you have a practice day of, x number of hours how do you split up your time
2: yeah that's one thing that i've always thought about because um i always feel like there's not enough time in a day to kind of like do everything um uh, about the amount of practice that i want to put into it so i kind of like like to go uh ball striking like three hours a day Uh, But very specific things like you guys have given me, like, hey, I'm going to shape shots, I'm going to do this with the ball, I'm going to hit it a little lower, a little higher, all those things. And then I kind of like to go ball striking, putting, uh, because that gives me a day where I'm hitting the ball um, and then putting. And then the next day I would try to do uh, wedge play, like those wedges from 70 to 120, uh, with a little bit of chipping. So that gives me, like every day, I feel like I'm making swings. So I think that's where, um, I think it helps my ball striking. I'm almost one of those guys that needs to do swinging every day. If I don't swing for two days, I can feel like the timing's just a little bit off. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how I. Nice,
0: and uh, so kind of projecting forward. Um, McKinsey Tour you know crazy golf year um wh- what what are your aspirations? where do you see like wh- what is this end goal for you wh- Where do you see yourself being
2: like i um i honestly my my top goal is to be a top 100 player in the world um i think that's that's a goal for me definitely uh, but just to come back to it i I honestly feel like if I take care of the stuff that uh, that we talk about I mean, I don't want to put any limits on myself. Um, I do not not want to have goals, uh, but yeah, I just uh, I like I like the process and everything so much that you know what. Even when I had that win, it was nice, but this is nicer. This is like trying to figure out how we're gonna get better and better and better. Uh, this is what I love about golf. I honestly love the journey. Um, I love the final destination too just to to top it off but that's not that's not all what it's about for me it's definitely i love the process of golf love getting up, love getting better that's it
0: you're a coach's dream,
1: yeah, it never gets old either, right? <laughs> like you never quite nail it <laughs> like, it's yeah. like it's always yeah. challenging
2: that's it, and especially with the system that you guys have developed with a i and um you know, it's like, oh my goodness, I have these to do today and you go in and it, it really makes golf fun again. I look in those things and I'm, it, it's fun, it's challenging and it will keep me there the whole day. It's just, it definitely, I think you have to bring in those things in, uh, in your practice. It yeah as,
1: as as coaches we learn pretty quickly that if you um if you bore your student it doesn't go very well, so we're always having to think of different ways to challenge them while still hitting the performance mm-hmm. metrics we're trying to hit um mm-hmm. and I would think as a player to have some of those come externally so you're just not doing your own favorite drills uh that's got that's gotta that's gotta help
2: oh absolutely like uh Absolutely, I can't wait to for the next day to see what you guys have in store for me and uh, <laughs> yeah, to uh, to go do that. Like I say, that's almost more exciting than the win.
1: <laughs> How many drills a day do you get from Gameforge? Are we on six or four? Or?
2: Um, about on six. I like to do six of them, and okay. then uh, yeah. Kind of uh, just – obviously, like, through them, I get, like, a couple of favorites. Yeah. And yeah. Then, uh, yeah. But, like you say, you don't want to, like, stagnate on those. Like, do, yeah. the, do the ones you don't want to do, too. They're good for you, too.
1: So so we've had a uh, a problem with players in the past where they don't want to do the hard drills or they don't want to enter bad scores. So if you get a drill – some some of the drills are hard. And I always said the short game drills are really hard. And Brian says, well, that's just because you suck at short game, which is probably the truth. But, <laughs> but the, <laughs>
0: That is the truth. That's a fact.
1: That's a fact. But, a fact. but, but they're hard. And, and, and we've had tour players who do the drills, and they get crushed. Like they, they can't get through the drill. And so they either say, well, I don't want to record my drill. I don't re- want to record the fact that I failed at that. Or I just don't want to do those anymore. They kind of stick their head in the sand and just kind of ignore it and move on. What is, oh, what is your – yeah, what is your um, what is your process of dealing with a really challenging drill that we give you?
2: Oh hell no! Like I, that's that's <laughs> I'm I'm kind of like the opposite. I want to see where I suck. I honestly want to see where I suck because that's I think that's the whole motivation and the goal of this whole process of uh, of Game Forge, just to really nail nail in on those things that you're not good enough, and you gotta you gotta face the facts that hey, I'm not I'm not so good in this area. Everybody has those weaknesses, but yeah. it's just like making those weaknesses better. Um, and for me, I can't wait to enter. If I played a bad score, I would make sure that it gets entered because that's why I'm really going to see on those days that I'm off, like what what's really going on. Like, I mean, when you play good and you're on your game, it's awesome. Then you just go, but it's on those days where you're not as good um, that you can really see where, uh, where you suck at.
1: Yeah. I I found that the players that I know who don't want to know what their weaknesses are without fail, they, they disappear after a year or two. They, they lose their cards. They can't make enough money. They, they, you know, you can't, you can't ignore a weakness and play tour golf is what, what what we we know that, but just empirically, we've seen that from players Um, and we can call like we've had players, we call, they get their card and they're like, I don't like the short game drill. I'm not going to do it anymore. And we're like, because you, you don't have the skills to do it. You're not going to make it on tour and without fail, they're gone next the following year. I mean, every single time. So I think it's a competitive advantage to have that correct mindset of, I'm trying to shave off a quarter of a shot, a half a shot, you know, a full shot somewhere. Um, I can't ignore those weaknesses, like show, like shine a light on them and let's go work on them and and fix them.
2: That's right. That's right, Mark. Yeah. It's all about finding out where, uh, where those weaknesses are and uh, you know, facing them head on and get better. That's the only way.
0: I think what's fascinating too in your holiday you were you were coaching golf uh think of your your coaching players what kind of mindset did you have as a coach for them and then again that you said that was a big transition or big helping point for you to fix your golf swing by helping others get better so what did you learn in that 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 your holiday season of seven years of actually coaching and instructing golf opposed to that of
2: actually competing well, you know what the fascinating thing for me was you can see like the different mindsets of people where you can, you can, I can talk to a guy with like within two minutes, I can know like, Hey, this guy's, he's going to do his drills. He's, he's into it. He's invested versus somebody that, you know, is like, oh my goodness, you know what, you're going to, you're going to struggle with this person uh, doing this. And they normally the ones that really complain is those ones that don't do the drills and don't do that. So. I had to deal with that. So now talking to you guys, I don't want to be that guy. Right? Like I, <laughs>
1: right. I,
2: I, gotta do, I gotta do that. It was a, uh, it was definitely a fun, it was definitely a fun process just to see what works for people and what doesn't work for people that there's just not one model. There's not just one way. Um, and uh right. yeah just got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are and yeah work on those ones and uh yeah move forward
1: was it is it is it hard to um coach people who do things very different than the way you do cuz usually ex players just try to teach what they know and when they hit a player when they hit a student who who can't do that um that's when coaching gets really tough was that, was that a hard adjustment for you
2: so uh, Mark, uh, I think that's where exactly when I just started with like teaching golf, I had this one model in mind and I was almost like how I play golf and um, you teach those people and you can quickly within four or five months, I said like, listen, this is not working. This is definitely not working. There's not, that's not the, the only way. So that's when I started um, do my research and I said, okay, what is the best coaches in the world say about the backswing? What is the mm. best coaches in the world say about transition, about grips, about all those things. And then I quickly got onto EA t website. And I mm-hmm. think this guy is very rounded and know that, you know what, like what does this guy's body want to do? Because that's the main thing. If your body does not want to go into a certain position, there's a reason for it. And uh, he's got a very nice system where you can do certain tests to see Um, you know, where this person's blueprint is, his body blueprint, basically what I would call it. And then when I started teaching that, you could see a lot more flow through the people. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, you make a change and it doesn't take them a year to make a change. It takes very quickly because that's actually what the body wants to do.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I had problems when when I was taking lessons like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Where they were trying to put me into an Ernie L's position or a Tiger Woods position, and I can't do it. Like, like there's no possible way I can get these positions these guys are in. But coaches were trying to, you know, some coaches were trying to constantly. Well, here's what tour players do, and I'm like, I know, but I, I can't physically, cannot move my body like that. And then yeah. we kind of hit a wall. Yeah. They're like, well, go stretch more. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, no, no, it's no. not gonna. That's, we got to find another way. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's right. No, I think you, I think you're right there. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's something, uh, that people need to look at as, um, if a change feels uncomfortable or you're, you're trying to force your body into a certain way, that's a red flag immediately. Right. Yeah.
1: right.
2: I'm not saying that you don't have to stretch and you don't have to do those things, but your body will, t- will definitely tell you where you want to be. And I mean, obviously there's ranges, like even for the backswing, you know, what he calls an on top golfer, side on golfer, or an under golfer. So he has this range and then he tests something and then you can see in what position you are. And with that position, there goes, there's like other couple of things that goes with that. So, uh, you know, enough said he's, he's got a very nice system going on and uh, I've seen a lot of players benefit from it. Right, right. Mm
0: -hmm. Anything else you want to follow up here with Mark?
1: Um, I I think just, you know, what's your plan uh, kind of going into next year, you know, goals to be top 100 golfer. What is, what does the pathway look like for that?
2: You know, I'm going to go down to the States now and do some uh, Monday qualifiers for the Corn Ferry. I mean, I think that's the, that's the toughest time in, in golf is going through these Monday qualifiers and uh yeah just uh looking for right. a gap over there playing on the corn ferry and then from the corn ferry uh going to the pga if i can get to the pga a little bit quicker then uh you know i would take that road too but uh, yeah. just to know what's in store right now
1: yeah and mckenzie's finished for the year now isn't it
2: yeah that's right yeah i yeah. will be keeping off next year hopefully yeah
1: yeah well you got to go I- low you got to go low monday qualifiers and we know you have that ability so
0: yeah, yeah. That, that's a good that's a good, good question time. for you. What is that mindset for your Monday qualifier? Cuz it is you can't go 3 4 holes, get warmed up on the golf course and expect to qualify. Like that that mindset of like hole 1, it's all go. I don't have four rounds. I can't get into the flow of what's happening. What is there a way that you train different? Is there a mentality that you bring that's a little bit different for your Monday qualifier?
2: Brian, yeah, definitely that's uh, I mean, you got one round and it's got to be it's got to be full out. I kind of like sometimes struggle with that because my mindset is a little bit. I like to play the percentage shot. Um, I think that's why I do hit a lot of greens, though. So I'm slowly starting to transition and say like, "Hey, Monday qualifiers, I gotta go from hole one. Like, you, you gotta go for every pin because um, yeah. I mean, nine under sometimes I played the qualifier and nine under wasn't even enough. So yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, it's. Um, it's just a it's a tough it's a tough one. Um but yeah, that needs to change. I'm slowly I'm slowly moving towards that. It's just hard. Like you've been playing golf all your life where you kind of like like to hit the percentage shot and I mean that's awesome for tournament golf, right? If you have four rounds. But if you just have one round, it's kind of like, Hey, now you gotta take on shots that you would normally not take on. But um I think the more I do it um, I think that I definitely will incorporate that a lot more in practice so that I can get comfortable um, doing that in the Monday qualifiers.
0: Yeah. Very good. I, I think one of the best uh, professionals I ever talked to about Monday qualifiers and his mindset was on the range leading in, I, I play the first three holes. So right when I finished my last iron shot, I literally walked to the tee box. I've just played the first three. And then he groups everything in three hole increments. And he's like, I need to be birdied on I gotta be one under through each three. And at the nine, I, I can assess and see if that number needs to change. So basically, two under for three. <laughs> and, and now yeah, exactly. Now does that need to be two under for the next three? But again, I thought it was really cool that he actually would segment it and and create little achievable gaps. And that kept him in the game and had him thinking differently. Like you said, if I par the first two, I need to get birdie. And you know, maybe that's kind of the push you need to to go uh push you a little bit more to be a little more aggressive i thought that was a fascinating commentary that's
2: awesome that's something that i might try thank you for that guys yeah that's no uh problem. that's neat.
0: that's something i would try for sure and um, now yeah. he's a top 10 player in the world so he, i think it worked for him
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely gonna try it now <laughs> i'm definitely gonna
0: try it now
1: yeah did you add it was it, it? <laughs> it actually did work it wasn't a nice theory that blew up in his
0: face right but, uh, <laughs> it it did uh, yeah, so exactly. I, I think uh we're we're about our 45 minute mark here. So I think we're going to start winding this down. Albert, do you have any closing thoughts, Uh, any insight you want to give uh, the listeners out there?
2: Um, I would just say, uh, yeah, get on your game forged and um, like do it diligently. Like really, uh, I think uh, these guys have done an amazing job. Mark, Brian, congratulations, you guys. Uh, It's definitely opened up another world for me. And um, I'm really looking forward to an adventurous, uh, uh, adventurous journey with you guys. Uh, you guys are awesome. You guys are engaged. And, um, you know, I can really feel your hearts that you guys are out there trying to trying to help, help us and uh, make us enjoy the game a lot more.
1: Well, thank you. We appreciate that. We do love what we do. Uh, there's no question about it. As coaches, we found that we just, we didn't have enough good information before to help players. And it's very frustrating as a coach when you're trying to you know, especially me as a putting coach only, it's very frustrating when you're trying to help a player's entire game and you have no visibility to what their entire game looks like, you know, because we rarely go watch you play tournaments, you know, so we've got to be able to collect good information, actionable information being away from the tournament. And it's been it's been loads of fun for us. There's no question. I think it's made us better coaches all the way around compared to, you know, three years ago. Um, and we love seeing players go out and actually get results and, and shoot the scores you're shooting so congratulations mm-hmm. on that and we will be mm-hmm. following your career obviously yeah you got yes. two fans here that's yeah. awesome
0: it's two more <laughs> than I had <laughs> <laughs> that's right we're up to two <laughs> we're up to two other than the family that's about it no uh, yeah that's we're, about we're, it yeah <laughs> well, well thank you for your time today thank you for joining us here at In The Hunt um, people out there listening if you have uh ideas of topics or things you want to hear from us please let us know thank you Albert for your time thank you mark and we look forward to bringing you more adventures inside the golf world and thank you
2: for joining the hunt thank, thank you. you guys appreciate you take care have a good one bye bye